Welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This week, my guest is Dr. Jessie Haymeyer, and she is a functional nutrition expert. She has so much knowledge when it comes to healthy weight loss, healthy skin, hormones. So I knew she'd be the best person to come on the podcast to talk you through about how to integrate healthy eating and healthy mindset into your life. Now, Jessie talks a little bit about collagen and I wanted to talk to you about my favorite collagen brand. Now I'm very lucky that over the years I've been gifted lots of different collagen brands and there are actually quite a few that I really like but the one that I've used the longest and the one that I use every night is from a company called Rejuvenated. Now I have a discount code for you for Rejuvenated. I'm going to put it in the show notes for you so go ahead and click that and you will be able to get your discount from them. But what I do with my collagen is I have two of the teaspoons of the powder in water in the evening and I actually put my powdered magnesium in there as well. I mix it together and I have that each night and the collagen is really helping with that repair and that renewal of the skin. So it's very good for wound healing and very good for sort of overall health and vitality but also very good for the skin. And I probably went a few weeks, maybe about two two months ago without having my evening collagen. And what I noticed was my skin didn't have the same level sort of plumpness and firmness in it. And then I started my collagen again. And within about two or three weeks, I started to notice that come back. So I think sometimes it's when you stop a supplement for a bit, you actually notice how powerful and effective it is. So it's from Rejuvenated. I use the collagen shots, which is the one that is made from marine collagen. They do also have a vegan one as well. So I'll link that to the show notes, as I said, but let's get into this week's episode. Dr. Jesse, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's such a pleasure to be with you and your community. I'm so excited to chat to you and to delve into everything you do because I've been reading a lot about your amazing inspirational story, all of the wonderful trainings that you've taken in the past and you continue to do so and all of the people that you have helped over the years and something which really stood out for me is how you have always been so passionate about health and wellness and that very much in your early 20s was in the form of fitness and personal training and then you made that transition into functional medicine so I'd love to start there really if you could tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah absolutely well you know I like to say straight lines are boring, right? (laughs) And so, you know, for me, as you mentioned, right in my 20s, I was uh, in the fitness world. I owned a high intensity strength training gym in Chicago that is still there and I'm still a huge fan of. And at some point along the way, after about four years of being running the gym and, and the real privilege of getting to work with people there, I really got that in order to elevate my ability to contribute to people. I required more training, right? And, you know, part of that was born out of my own journey and what I saw available for myself when health was handled. And for me, it really transformed my experience of life and my ability to 
connect and contribute to others handling that area of my life. And I thought, what better gift than to be able to partner with others and have give them the opportunity to have that for themselves. So, you know, from the gym, I, you know, ultimately I I sold my half of the gym and I went to graduate school and, you know, went to, got my doctorate in chiropractic and then went on to get my master's of science in nutrition and functional medicine. And really with the idea that I wanted to tool up as opposed to doing a, hey, this is what worked for me approach, right? Really knowing and honoring the truth that each body was different would require that I really understand how the body work. And, uh, and so that that's how I got from there to here, so to speak. Amazing. That's such a wonderful story. And what do you tend to spend most of your time working with, with clients at the moment? So do people mostly come to you for weight loss or to generally improve their health or because they're going through certain ailments? Is there one particular trend that you tend to see? I would say there are three trends I see. And the first one is what I like to call sustained and empowered weight loss mastery. You know, like lying in the sand, not on your mind, getting dressed, feeling great in your clothes kind of shift of experience, right? And so that's definitely a big portion of the people who I work with. And for some people, you know, it's maybe it's not a lot of weight, maybe it's 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, but for them, it's been such a struggle. Cause really what I, what I get is that it's not so much the number, it's the experience, right? People can feel uncomfortable in their skin when it's 10 pounds. And then some people don't and others, you know, it's a, a larger gap. And, you know, so I really work with a variety of people, but fundamental to it is that they get that with this area of their life handled, they get to be free in their world, right? They get to meaningfully connect with others. They get to feel great in their own skin. They could just get to simply put, be their best, right? And so the whole weight loss mastery to me, it, it almost has, it has little, so much more to do with life than it does to do with the scale. And, uh, and so that's the biggest thing that I work with people on the other two big areas. One is I like to call it hormones gone wackadoodle, right? (laughs) And, you know, that could be everything from acne to really painful or erratic periods to difficulty conceiving or women who are starting to transition into menopause. Uh, So the whole world of hormones. And then the third and final area that I, of the top three that I work with people on is all things digestion, you know, whether that's bloating or constipation or diarrhea, that whole world of digestion. So those those are the top three that I have the privilege of partnering with people on. That's wonderful. And I love how you talk about weight loss mastery. And do you have a particular sort of blueprint or plan that you tend to give people, which are the essentials, I guess, of that weight loss mastery? So... I wouldn't say a precise blueprint, right? But there are certain key signposts, right? And the first essential is allowing people the opportunity to get very clear on both the what and the why of weight loss. And what I mean by that is 
you know, what is life like for you if you were to, you know, not you personally, right? But for someone who's struggling, you know, one of your audience members who can really relate to the struggle with weight, I would pose the question to them, what is life like for you in the future with your health handled? Like, tell me that story. What's it like for you to move about the world? How do you feel about yourself? How do you interact with others? And then the other part of that question is, you know, what does that make available? Which I think about as as your why, you know? So fundamentally speaking on this weight loss journey, we need to throw away the old inherited all or nothing paradigm. That's, that's one thing. And step into a journey of mastering your middle ground from a place of self-love. Right. So fundamentally, it's letting go of the inherited self aggression around this area in particular and stepping into a journey of self love. And that really begins with getting clear on, I call it your vision of vitality, but we could also call it your intention, right? Your intention for your health and your life. And that is what I'm speaking to when I say the what and the why, right? And so, things really radically shift when people get really clear that, you know, this isn't, you know, okay, yeah, I want the scale to say a certain number, but it's, it's about so, so much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love there how you talked about the vision. So visualizing that end goal, because I think that that is something which is often missed. We're often in our society taught that it's about quick, fast weight loss. And then we all know what happens with that because the fundamentals haven't changed. The weight will then go back on and it's this sort of roller coaster ride all the time. Whereas if, like you say, you're looking at that bigger, longer term vision of vitality of how you want to feel and also getting to the root as well. So really understanding how emotions are connected to it and really enhancing that self-love and I loved how you also said about middle ground and I think that's so so important and that's something which I talk about a lot of us as well it's that balance it's that middle ground and I think that that word sort of balance or middle ground or even self-care you know is thrown around a lot um, in the health and wellness industry but actually when we look at things at a very basic level that's what it comes down to if we can find a balance, if we can find that really good middle ground where we are our healthiest self, where we have that vitality, but it's not that big roller coaster, then that's how we're going to maintain that healthy weight. So I just love everything that you said there. (laughs) Yeah. No, and you you were speaking to it so eloquently, right? It's, you know, that middle ground, I think about it you know, if we think about yoga, right, not too tight, not too loose, right? It's, it's in our, we can see it in our body, right? In a body that is too loose is prone to injury. A body that is too tight is prone to injury. You know, and, and so to be able to move about this world with a sense of skill and, um, you know, safety, but not in the, oh my goodness, don't hurt me kind of way, but just, you know, empowered really. Then finding that sweet spot of not too tight, not too loose. It's, it's a journey we can be on our whole lives. There's always something more to learn and not too tight, not too loose. 
I agree completely. And I love that you said it is a journey because, you know, although we do want to visualize that end goal, it's not like we are trying to get there as quick as possible and then that's it. You know, suddenly we are completely healthy, completely enlightened because different things happen throughout our life. Hormones, as you mentioned earlier, have a huge impact on it. So having those tools to navigate that journey and navigate those changes, which I know that you provide people with so well, is just so important. And I loved also at the beginning how you talked about skin and acne, how you work with people a lot when they're having hormonal imbalances. Maybe you could talk us a little bit through that, because I know that many of my listeners, of course, this is the Face Yoga Expert podcast, um, really love learning about how to help their skin to look healthy and glowing and full of vitality and clear as naturally as possible. So I'd love to hear a bit of your advice about how we can use nutrition and wellness to help our skin. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to our skin, I think about fueling it from the inside, but then of course, looking at what is coming at us from the outside, right? So it's, it's never just one or the other. So starting with thinking about from the inside, right? When I encounter people who have, you know, really struggled with their skin for a long time, the first thing, there are two things I should say that come to mind. One is food sensitivities, right? A hidden food sensitivity. And as your listeners may know, right, food sensitivities are delayed reactions, right? They can take up to 72 hours to show up. And also the antibodies we produce when we have a food sensitivity, they stay active in our body for, you know, kind of 45 to 60 days. Some people it clears out a little faster, but 30 would be on the low end. So kind of one to two months. So when I encounter people who say, oh, I, I thought I had a sensitivity to X, Y, Z, but I reduced it, it's not going to cut it, unfortunately. Or I took it out for a week and it didn't make a difference, right? So, you know, learning, you know, first of all, identifying what is the likely food sensitivity and then healing the body, pulling it out so the body's not so reactive. And oftentimes after that removal process and a little bit of support to create a more resilient uh, internal you know, physiology, people are able to bend a little bit without paying the price, so to speak. In other words, they maybe they often don't have to be as rigid as they are initially, which you know is great, right? Because because being able to bend is just what we were talking about, finding that middle ground, right? So so one is food sensitivities. The other thing that I think about when it comes to skin is our detox pathways, right? Because our skin is a major detoxification organ, and so if we have too many toxins in our body, and those could be hormones, right? Hormones, even the hormones we produce, go through our detox pathways, along with the pollutants we encounter and alcohol and, you know, what we're putting on our body in the way of personal care items or household cleansing products. So, you know, when those get slowed down, those detox pathways get slowed down, our toxins are going to get out of our body some way, hopefully. And usually, and oftentimes it'll be through our skin. Um, the other way, you know, if, if someone's not sure about whether, you know, maybe their skin is, is actually quite lovely, but they're curious about this, this, these whole detox pathways. Another way 
that would be a good, another thing that would be a good cue that your detox pathways are a little bit slowed down is if your digestion is slowed down. And in particular, if you're constipated, right? There's a great saying, we're not just what we eat, we're what we don't excrete, right? So if we don't get rid of those toxins, we reabsorb them and they're recirculated in our body. So, you know, from the inside aspect, right, the big things being food sensitivities and detox pathways, but also as part of those detox pathways, thinking about the gut and what's going on there, thinking about, um, you know, our hormones being reabsorbed and, and getting out of our body in a different way, right? So, so there are a few different things I think about. And, and then, you know, I would say just to say a little bit about, you know, personal care products really honoring that natural doesn't always mean right for your skin is one thing that I think sometimes, you know, can be confusing, right? I'll encounter people and say, well, this is, you know, look at these ingredients and I'll look at the ingredients and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. And guess what? Your skin doesn't like them, you know? So natural doesn't mean always right for your body. So there, there's, that takes a little bit of digging in to figure out, figure out the different components of, you know, what might someone be reacting to that they're putting on their skin. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And are there any particular foods which you would recommend to people to either add into their diet or to reduce or eliminate if they are looking to clear up their skin or perhaps they just want their skin to look more youthful now i know that it's very very individual as we just talked about and actually a food that would suit one person may be completely the wrong food for another person but are there any particular foods in your experience that are very good to sort of add in or reduce well i'll speak to the reduce aspect because mm-hmm. what i find is the three most common causes of chronic skin challenges, chronic breakouts, acne, things like that from a food perspective are dairy, yeast, and bread or gluten, I should say, not bread, just gluten in general, but um, dairy, yeast, and gluten. And then I would kind of put on as a side note to that is, you know, like all things sugar because they feed yeast and, and yeast produce toxins when they're in our body in any amount, but it, it becomes a problem when they're in our body in larger amounts. So it's kind of like a a two-pronged approach of pulling out foods that your body might be reacting to, but also reducing foods that cause a disruption in the microbes that live in your body. Biggest one being yeast. But if, if, you know, I understand this, you know, if someone's like, well, just give me a place to start, I would start with dairy, really. Dairy, I mean, you know, what's not to love about dairy, except that for some people, it really is a problem for their skin. And I got it. Like, I wish it weren't so, but you know, um, you know, I, I would encourage anyone who, who's shedding a tear as they listen to this, uh, but also wanting to do something about their skin is, you know, give it, give it four weeks, even if they're not completely, you know, the antibodies against dairy isn't completely clear in four weeks. I would expect someone, if they were really being diligent about keeping dairy out for those four weeks and their body is reacting I would expect them to start to see a difference and, you know, making sure people understand what, you know, what is dairy? Sometimes people get a little bit confused by that, right? It's anything that comes from a cow, a sheep or a goat, right? Milk, cheese, cream, butter, you know, 
those are kind of the biggies, ice cream, right? But the good news is, is nowadays there's so many awesome alternatives, coconut milk-based products and almond milk-based products. And, you know, you can find all those different things, oat milk-based products. So finding a nice swap, um, hopefully will be a little bit easier than people expect. So that that's really of all the different places people could start. If you're struggling with your skin, I would encourage you to give yourself a four week, you know, washout period of dairy. Um, and the way of foods that can be useful, I think about anything that supports those detox pathways. So anything, any vegetable in the green family, of course, those, you know, cruciferous vegetables in particular are going to really bump up those detox pathways. Uh, but we also want to make sure we're getting sufficient protein. Protein's really important for those detox pathways to run. They use amino acids to run. So you need to make sure you're getting sufficient protein. And um, in the way of skin, I also think about, okay, you know, definitely there's more research needed, but anecdotally speaking, a lot of people do notice a difference with the quality collagen. So that's a great way to get more protein and to also just fundamentally give your body the building blocks it needs for beautiful skin. One more thing I'd say is, is any food with vitamin C. So vitamin C is essential for building healthy collagen. And, you know, you can get vitamin C from peppers. You can get vitamin C from broccoli. You can get vitamin C from eating an orange, you know, lots of great places to get vitamin C. And of course, water. You, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like not even saying oh, yes. water because it's just so obvious. <laughs> but, you know. water. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The hydration is so important. And particularly, you know, for someone that is, you know, we talked a lot about the, the acne and, and the clearing the skin. But I know that also many of my listeners will be going through perimenopause, menopause, or they're even post-menopause now. And actually they're noticing their skin is drier, maybe more fine lines and wrinkles. So would you give a similar advice in terms of eating for that? Or would you have a particular eating plan for someone that does want to sort of keep the lines and wrinkles and dry skin at bay? For the lines, wrinkles and dry skin, I would be less less suspect of the dairy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't yeah. really see a connection between that and, and, you know, premature aging or, or even benefit of like slowing down aging with that. So, uh, but I would say that about the collagen and the vitamin C and certainly plenty of water in the way of other foods that might be useful, making sure you're getting sufficient zinc comes to mind and zinc can be found in, uh, you know, pumpkin seeds and, and really most nuts will have a, a nice amount of zinc in them. Poultry has some zinc in it. So, you know, just kind of those fundamental building blocks. When I think about our skin and helping it age well, right, there are a few things I think about. One is, do we have the building blocks we need, right? And so that's the protein, that's the vitamin C. Um, zinc is going to be helpful from a few places, but one of them I think about is, is just being helpful from healthy hormone perspective, because sufficient zinc helps us produce healthy estrogens, right? So one is building blocks. And then the other is our hormonal balance. And then of course, last but not least is, you know, what are we doing from the outside to support our healthy skin? You know, making sure we're moisturizing and SPF and, you know, and things like that. 
Absolutely. And something I really um, love that you talk about is accountability and self-accountability and the lessons that we can only really learn from ourselves. Could you talk us through a bit about that? Yes. So one of the most powerful lessons that we can only learn from ourselves is how to navigate our journey while being kind and honest kind and honest. And mostly people choose one or the other, right? They choose kindness and they don't look, right? Because they don't know how to look to see the facts and be kind. So, you know, it, it kind of goes with that whole all or nothing mentality, but stepping into a place where you cultivate the ability and it is a cultivated skill, right? For most people, for many people, it's not naturally there to be kind and honest, right? And, and if we just think about, okay, how that might relate to weight loss mastery, right? People won't look at the scale, right? But they'll know that their clothes aren't fitting the way they the way they want it to, and and maybe they're not fully aware of the actions they're taking or not. And I really get how they arrive at that place, right? Because for most people who arrive at that place of not looking, it's because they've spent so long beating themselves up, and they're kind, they're just done with it. They're just done with it. And I want people to be done with it, but I promise there is a way to both engage from a place of kindness and self love. And see the next, I think about it like crossing the monkey bars, see the next rung you're going to grab, right? Be aware of, okay, what am I going to do to get that next rung to make this one shift that will support me? And also, you know, let go of all the noise in my mind that tells me this should be easy. Uh, I should be a way that I'm not, right? I should have this handled all that stuff, just letting it go and being with yourself in the moment where you are with compassion, right? If this were an easy area, there wouldn't be billions of guidebooks out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what do you find are the biggest challenges or blocks that clients of yours have when it comes to mastering that and everything you've talked about? Because as you said, it, it isn't always easy. Yeah. Honestly, I, I believe there's, there's this inherited world around weight that collapses morality with our choices. And what I mean by that is people naturally, for example, talk about food as good or bad, right? Oh, that's a good food. That's a bad food. Oh, I cheated yesterday. I shouldn't have that. Oh, you know, oh, th that whole world, that good bad, should, shouldn't, cheated. That is the language of morality. And so I believe one of the biggest challenges people encounter is leaving that whole world of morality in the past and stepping into a new conversation that is all about their intention, right? I mentioned their vision of vitality, right? And so stepping into a new conversation that's called what better aligns with my intention? So, you know, forget perfect, but what's the next best choice I can make right now? 
And when people start to step into that journey, it's amazing what shifts, Danielle. It is, it is so cool to see people just the weight they lose is mostly in their being, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if it's a big number on the scale, it's yeah. it's almost like, you know, the weight is all about how they get to be in this world. Absolutely. Completely. And are there things that you use personally yourself each day to, I guess, keep yourself accountable, but also look after your wellness, your health, your skin? Are there any sort of non-negotiables I like to call it I always feel that we all have our non-negotiables and whatever happens we do those each day do you have any particular non-negotiables or sort of just rituals or routines that you like to do which form sort of your health or or wellness routine yeah so I'll start with the rituals Mm -hmm. and one thing that I'm very consistent with is bookending my days right? Starting my days, getting connected to my intention for my health and my life. And then at the end of the day, expressing my gratitude, right? So for me, those are really, I love, there are rituals that really serve me well. And, you know, as I evolve, maybe they'll evolve, but I, I really treasure and preserve a little time in the morning and a little time in the evening for both of those. So from the ritual perspective, that's one thing. Other things that I would say are non-negotiables. One thing I would just say is, you know, for me, I really drew a line in the sand for myself in the area of, you know, weight and got off the weight loss roller coaster when I was about 25 years old. So for your listeners, just keep in mind, this is 20 years in the making, right? This did not happen overnight, (laughs) right? So, um, you know, non-negotiables for me are, you know, things like must have lots of vegetables, uh, must have sufficient protein at every meal, must have a healthy amount of water. And definitely I must start my day with her tea. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's one of your (laughs) non-negotiables. Must, must. (laughs) Um, but, but yes, I mean, those, those things are, those are really, um, they bring me such joy. It's, it's, it, it makes me laugh when people ask me, um, what do you do to cheat? And a question I'll throw back at them is like, well, what do you do to cheat on your husband? (laughs) Why would I cheat on something I love, (laughs) you know? So it, but it, but I get it right. Because it's all part of this inherited perspective of, the foods I like are quote unquote bad and the foods I don't like, you know, those are the good foods, but I don't like them. Right. So, but it's just not how it lives for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and again, it was a journey of, you know, grabbing one monkey bar and then the next to cross the monkey bars to be at a place where, you know, this is totally true. Like I, I love feeling my body the way I feel my body. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't seem like that's a chore or something difficult to do. And it doesn't feel like you need to cheat on that lifestyle (laughs) in order to get some sort of pleasure. Um, And I imagine that you will also look at having indulgences, let's call it, so a piece of chocolate or some French fries as actually not cheating, but going back to that balance and going back to that middle ground. And I think if you look at it like that and you look at it as just balance and middle ground, it doesn't feel like the good and the bad 
or the really great eating and the really bad cheating evil eating it's just okay I want to nourish my body I want to eat healthily I want to move in the way that my body's asking me to some days I feel like that piece of chocolate cake or those french fries and that's all part of the middle ground absolutely perfectly said and that is that is so true that is so true you know and and it is interesting too working with people and seeing them start to it's a little bit like pulling training wheels off of a bike mm-hmm. right finding that balance that sweet spot sway part of it is people learning to trust themselves yeah right because through no fault of their own, you know, their entire lives, they've been living in this all or nothing paradigm. And so the whole idea that they could find a middle way had never even occurred, right? And so it takes a second for them to start to trust themselves that, oh, I can skillfully eat a brownie, right? Having one brownie doesn't mean I'm going to eat six, right? In, in, you know, I can have two glasses of wine on a Saturday night. It doesn't need to be to a point where I wake up regretting it on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So it, it is one foot, in, you know, just a, a process, a journey, but it is so fun to see people starting to, when the light bulb starts to go on and they both are able to skillfully step into their middle way, but also perhaps even more importantly, trust themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And it all comes from that journey and that working on the self-love and the self-acceptance and the self-gratitude, because I think if we're we're working on that, and like we said, it doesn't have to be that destination. If we're in the process of working on that, everything else works with it. The healthy weight, the healthy skin, the energy, the vitality. So it's just wonderful to hear all of your tips. And I would love you to share with people where they can find out more about what you offer, how they can follow you on social media and how they can connect with you and learn more about what you do. Yes, absolutely. So you can hear more about, find out more about me at wellempowered.com. And please feel free to schedule a complimentary 30 minute virtual consultation there. Uh, I do have some upcoming courses. So you'll learn more about those on our website as well. And on Instagram, you can find me at wellempowered. Wonderful. And we'll link all that in the show notes for you as well. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest and just shared so much wisdom with us. It has been such a pleasure to be with you and your community. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.